Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Today on our podcast, we have a very special friend of ours, Dr. William Mark Bristow. God just has orchestrated his life to put him in tremendous positions with people who have walked in miracles and signs and wonders. And so he has seen so much. He has been one who God has been using as engaging in the global outpouring. Thank you for joining us today. We have a friend of ours who is on our board of directors. He has been serving the Lord for many years. He received the baptism in the Holy Spirit under Catherine Kuhlman's ministry and immediately began praying for the sick and seeing miracles. Every place where we connect with the Holy Spirit is an outpouring. And so he's seen outpourings in many nations, and and this is our good friend, Dr. William Mark Bristow. So welcome, Pastor Mark. I'm very glad to be here with you. And Pastor Mark, the Lord has taken him to some of the most unique places, and even working with gypsy churches, which is in uh, yeah. Bulgaria and different areas. And you know, and it's uh, it's not like church as usual because you know they're their culture, but the Holy Ghost just just comes down and just does astounding things in it. And when they see miracles happen, they they go ballistic. <laughs> and it's and so he has some remarkable stories. And we've traveled to the nations <laughs> with him before, and and uh, we're just blessed to have him on the program. I was thinking, Philip, when you were telling that. <laughs> One of the, I'll tell a real quick one to start with. One of the real wild ones we ever had. I think Mary Lois and Jean were there from the the, the House of Peace. <laughs> and we were in a, a street meeting in Sarazagora, which is a beautiful central city in, in Bulgaria. And we have friends that have wonderful churches there. And, but this was a, this was a meeting with the Roma people, the gypsies and street meeting and impromptu and we had a few singers there that you know guitars and so on. guys think it's going to be a, a a dance party so they're carrying kegs of beer through <laughs> on their shoulders and uh, uh god heals an old man while well, i think gene was telling who jesus is he just has a a wonderful way to do that and this guy grabs me, grabs the mic out of my hand, and uh, begins telling the crowd, I don't know who these people are, but whatever they're preaching is real, because this Jesus just healed me. He was a paralytic. And, of course, I'm getting this through the interpreter. He has no teeth, none. And I'm not sure he had ever bathed, ever. <laughs> and uh, he grabs me. And kisses the whole side of my face. I mean, just a slobber, slobber <laughs> kiss and runs off to pray for people. We just had just fun things that God has done. You never know what will happen. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I just love hearing these stories of the things that you have seen that are out of the box that are things that are that are heretofore unseen we talked in in our first episode 
about the kind of miracles and signs and wonders that God was going to send in this outpouring that were going to be things that had never been seen before. And we talked about how the book of Acts had some things that were never seen under Jesus' ministry, and you would think Jesus would do it all. But he he said, you're going to do greater works. So, you know, tell us some more of these stories of of (laughs) things that you've seen that are that are beyond anybody's imagination. I, I will preface this to say, I, as you said earlier, I've had great privilege in my life. Uh, I was in a number of Miss Coolman's meetings when I was a teenager, and then with some that people would know the names and some they wouldn't. The Hunters, Jerry B. Walker. Um, Aquila Nash, very ones, and as some were well known in their own circles, but not others, you know. And some of them have gone to be with the Lord now, but all of them moved in the mighty power of God and weren't afraid that the Holy Spirit would get loose and do something that was unforeseen. In fact, they relished that. Oh yeah, to me just too. Follow the Spirit of God. Yes. I remember being in a, we, we were several years with my friend Jerry B in uh, Cape Town, South Africa, and also over in Durban. There's a great pastor there's just gone to be with the Lord, Fred Roberts. And uh, some of his family has churches scattered about, but we were in the one in Cape Town. And uh, one of the main pastors was out a good while while we were there in America preaching. And so the, the other uh, associate pastor, uh, Derek Golding, uh, and his wife were there, and one we had we had uh, miracles that happened. Uh, one night, a little baby that had a huge tumor on his ear. As Jerry B prayed for that little baby, about two years old, in fact, the doctor who worked at uh, that that famous hospital there, we're back in the sixties. They did the first heart transplant. Well, one of the one of the workers in the church was a doctor in that hospital. He brought this little baby, big old cultiflower cancer tumor on its ear. Jerry reached up to pray for that baby, and that tumor exploded. Wow. I mean, it just it it just disappeared like a like a, a balloon, hmm. and just wet stuff ran everywhere, mm. and there was a normal ear underneath it. Wow. Well, that made the newspaper and the television. And, of course, obviously, they take the baby back and check the baby. Well, suddenly the, the church got to running four and five and 6,000. And uh, the hospital called and said, we're going to bring a woman. This is, oh, I don't know, 2000, 2001, somewhere there. The, the uh, bacteria that eats your skin had just got started. What is it, a staph, I think, uh, bacteria? And flesh eating, they called it. And at that time, they had no antibiotics that would touch it. And there was a woman who had had a lump removed from one of her breasts. And that stuff got in the wound in the hospital. And it ate the whole underside of her breast and ate the whole side of her chest wall. And they asked if they could bring her and they instructed us with what they were going to do. The church has a large altar area, and they came in a side door. They had a medical uh, portable thing and a big bus out there with her in it. 
they came and draped the floor with very thin plastic like you do in a, a surgical operating room. They had men in hazmat suits with automatic rifles come and stand at each corner of that thing. And I mean, there's a wide area they put for this. You know, you could put a hundred people on what they draped off there. And in the center of it, they set down one chair, draped it off. And then they brought the woman in in a hazmat suit, full hazmat suit, like what you're seeing with people dealing, you know, straight on with this virus thing today. And uh, they they bring her in and set her down. They, we've instructed the crowd what's happening to them. And uh, they, they gown Jerry up in one of these hazmat suits. And he goes down with the doctor and, of course, just through the hazmat suits, prays for her. They go back, take her out to the, we go on with the service. They, they take her out and back onto the, uh, you know, it's a portable hospital in this big, you know, uh, like a traveling bus. And uh, in a little while, the doctor comes in, having done the examination. There is no sign she ever had the disease. None. Glory to God. Hallelujah. After that, we we couldn't even get into the parking lot some nights. It was so crowded. <laughs> and I remember Jerry saying to me, I was probably about, oh, in my early 20s at the time. And Jerry saying, well, no, it would be later than that. be my 30s. Jerry saying to me, kid, don't get the big head. They they didn't come to see us. They heard the Lord was in the house. Amen. Amen. That's what it's all about. In those meetings, we had 2,200 born again. Wow. We had 2,000 families join that church. Wow. And about 1,800 that they baptized in water. Wow. And I mean, I, one night we were worshiping. There's an old, old song that says, oh, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. It's Jesus in my soul. I've touched the hem of his garment and he's made me whole. Yes. And, we began, and they had a great choir in that church in those days. And we began to uh, just sing that. And it just went on and on and on and on. And if if I'm not playing... I play the piano, and if I'm not playing something real elaborate, I can play with my eyes shut. And I had my eyes shut for a moment in the presence of the Lord. And suddenly I began to hear crashes and bangs, and I look up, and thousands of people have just fallen under the power of God while they were worshiping. They began to fall in the choir, and some of them are on eight-foot risers. I thought if anybody goes backwards, it'll kill them, you know? Mm. People fell. Nobody fell back. They just kind of tumbled into each other. They were still on the floor, some of them, at 9 o'clock the next morning. Wow. I mean, God just rolled into that place. And nobody wanted. Some of them, I don't know how they got home because buses and trains quit running at a certain hour. I I don't, you know, uh, I don't think they cared. Uh, Hungry for the move of God. Just desperate you might say yes uh you know when they see that they come running uh just there's been so much around the world but i was thinking and and mentioned to you of of uh one of the times that we were in it was my first time in argentina you guys had been there before and have no many of the pastors there and of course it was partly through uh global outpouring or uh, that uh 
the ministry in those days that the meetings were set up. And I, I had gone in a day or two early, and Linda was with us, and Maurice and Devoris Kalar were with us, and Roy was with us, a, a big attorney that had been healed of multiple sclerosis. And uh, a couple of our other friends had gone, and we went a day or two early, and we were in Mar del Plata, where the 50s revival and 60s in there was kind of centered with Brother Guillermo there. And uh, we, I had just started preaching. We had about a thousand there. And all at once, a man who we, I learned later, had been 20 years with a paralyzed with a stroke. He's on the front row, suddenly just kind of funny, but just kind of wallows up out of his chair. When when that happened, somebody, I guess, had already told Roy the situation, and Roy grabbed that guy, and they began walking back and forth. Well, forget preaching, you know, when that happened. And in a minute, that guy comes, the step, the stage had five or six steps up to it, and that guy comes running up and down the stairs, you don't have to preach after that. The power of God broke out. And people began to be healed all over the place. We were there to way after midnight praying. Well, we were there a day or two. And then we went over to our dear friend uh, in the outskirts of Buenos Aires. Uh, there, Pastor Pedro Ibarra and the, the church is uh, uh, Iglesia del Puente, the church at the bridge. And you guys and about 20 others from the U.S flew in to be with us. And we were supposed to have that night off and because everybody's flown all night to get there. We got a call at about 6.30. Get to the church right this second. Why? We don't have a meeting. The people heard about the miracles in Mar del Plata, and there are 4,000 people here at the church. We've got to have a service. So we jump in the cars and go over. Yes, we did. And I'll never forget the, you know, the worship was glorious. We had mm -hmm. Claren and Nancy and Maurice Galar with us and, and just, just glorious, you know. And, uh, I'll never forget by now there's five, six thousand. The people keep coming. I think the auditorium seats seven and Maurice and Claren for the offertory and Nancy on that beautiful harp began to play the Agnus Day, the Hallelujah, Hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty. And it was beautiful. And people were caught in that. And in a little bit, the people began to sing it. And they wouldn't quit singing. And it came time, the offering was finished. And Maurice kind of slacked back a little bit. But the people, it just went in waves, like waves of the ocean. It yeah. would rise and fall in volume. It was amazing. Just kept yeah. singing the Agnus Dei, Hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty. You know, it just you you remember it went over and over and over and mm -hmm. over. Yeah. And I suppose some of us thought about joining in it, but I was so enthralled listening to the audience thing. And the next thing I know, one of the ushers rolls. Uh, probably a 70-something-year-old woman up into the altar, and as he does, she jumps out of that wheelchair <laughs> and goes walking, and her family grabs her. And the next thing I know, somebody's yelling at me in Spanish, and I know just a little bit of Spanish. 
But what had happened, a little seven or eight-year-old boy that was blind could suddenly see. Well, again, forget the preaching. You know, that's a better sermon than any of us can preach. Oh, yeah. And the power of God broke out. Uh, Claren told me later for an hour and 45 minutes, various ones of us, myself, Maurice Kalar, maybe you guys, various ones of gave out words of knowledge in healing and the healings you could, sometimes they'd come and bring them to the front. Sometimes it was just such a display in the auditorium that everybody knew, you know, it's almost like a a tornado hit in part of the auditorium. And now we had other great meetings that were a little more on, you know, to the schedule, (laughs) but I love it. (laughs) <laughs> when the spirit of God breaks out and you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, we were talking earlier about faith and love. See, that's the love of God. That's the mercy of God. Just Absolutely. to pour out upon his hungry people. Yes. That's what I love. I do too. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about the Global Outpouring Convention 2020, July oh, yeah. July 7th through 10th at the Hyatt Regency DFW in Dallas, Texas. It's right at the airport. I have such expectations for this meeting. We're going to be having wonderful speakers. Our, our, our open night, opening night is going to be Jeremiah Johnson. And we're, wow. we're, Pastor Mark, you're going to be there and you're going to be, um, given the freedom to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit anywhere <laughs> he goes for the expected or the unexpected. And, and, and we fully expect to have the unexpected. The unexpected, yeah. And, and, uh, and Pastor Tony Kemp will be with us and, uh, Mary Lois Little and, and Patricia King. And, oh, and, wow. and yours truly. So those are the speakers that we're expecting this year. And, uh, you know, God could bring anybody else in as well. Tell us your point of view of this convention. I love the conventions because it's one of the few places I know that God can do anything he wants. And he can take over and he can wreck the time schedule. Who cares about and, schedules? Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen him wreck the time schedule. Oh, yeah. I love where the Spirit of God has freedom. And I, we've seen the move of God. We've seen unexpected things. I remember when we had Pedro Ibarra there from oh. the big church we in Argentina. That was amazing. And he stood up to speak and got just a few minutes into it. And laughter and praise hit him, hit his interpreter hit everybody on the platform, and then like somebody had dropped a bomb, it hit the audience. Absolutely. And they fell out of their chairs, and they were on the floor, and this went on and on and on, and I finally had to get one of our kids up because I I thought Brother Ibarra, well, he did fall under the power. I thought he was going to land in the drum. Mm. And uh, uh, one of our kids came up and grabbed him, and one of them, Sister Gwen, was there, and she'd gotten up, and somebody had to grab her. And she was hanging onto the pulpit with both hands to keep from going over. And that went on for what? An hour or so? I don't know. I was so far gone, I wasn't watching anybody else. You know, something unusual <laughs> that happened in that meeting. Teresa Crevier was there oh, yeah. with her spaceship stack of incredible people. 
And of course, she's Juilliard. She's just exquisite in her playing, and she follows the spirit and such. And I'm on an old Hammond organ, and we're on the other side of the stage. And the way the things are designed, the live speakers of mine are on my side. Her live speakers are on her side. And normally we had very good sound, very good monitors. But at that moment, we didn't have good hearing of each other at all. We began to transpose chords and began to change keys through some of the things that we were playing, almost like an accompaniment into what God was doing. And as it was rising, we began to shift from C to C sharp to D to D sharp to E to F. So I went back and listened to the recording of that. We moved with each other perfectly, instantly, and we couldn't hear each other. That's only God. It, it, it was amazing, yeah. unexpected. Those things happen at that global outpouring convention. Yes. You need to come to that global outpouring convention and get in the move of the Spirit of God. I remember you telling the story of how you used to pray for everybody and then you learned to turn it loose to others to pray, your, your, your ministry team and so on. That, I had seen a little of this kind of teamwork in Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. I didn't understand that much of it, but I had seen some of her leaders, uh, Ruth and Maggie and Pauline Williams, uh, Maggie Hartner and Ruth Fisher. I had seen them leading some others. They did much of it, but they led a team of others in their meetings who actually worked with the sick out in the audience as the miracles were happening. So I understood that God could do that. Um, probably, well, for the first years, I just, you know, I did the preaching, I did the praying, I led the singing, I lined them up, prayed for them. One day I was in a meeting and there was another great prayer warrior there that I knew, knew how to move in God. Um, and the, the Spirit of the Lord, I was about to pray for somebody, and I was suddenly aware God was doing something with someone else. And I said to her, uh, Sister Paula, would you get up and, and pray for that one? And then there was a, a, another there. Her name's Peggy. And uh, I, there was another one I could see God moving on. I said, Peggy, would you just you know reach over and you, you pray. Let's see what we, and God began to work that way. And then when we got in the bigger meetings or when we got overseas and were under such time limits, I learned that God wanted to work that way with me. In fact, Catherine's people, uh, Ruth looked at me, uh, Ruth Fisher, and said to me, kind of that long finger that Sister Gwen had, you know, mm -hmm. Pointed in your face and said to me, God has called you to take teams and raise up workers in the kingdom of God. And you must take them with you, whether in this nation or into other nations, and allow them to learn to move in the power of God. I thought, wow, okay. So after that, I've kind of, it took me a while to begin to learn how to work with this. It wasn't what I was used to. And I went into churches where they still don't understand it. They want you to do all the praying, you know. And I have to explain to them, look, this is just the way God works. And I learned that if I try to take it back to myself, I've done it a time or two when the minister said, I want you praying for him. Nothing happens. It just shuts down. But when we move in what God's called me to move in, teamwork, uh, it, 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 it spreads out and intensifies. And the more I push them, to go minister and calling out words of knowledge and allowing them to go minister to others and work with them as God is healing them, the more it increases. 
So it, it, it took me a while to kind of figure out how to work with this thing. Well, I've seen that happen over and over again at the convention. And I love the fact that you have even started training our young people to, oh, yeah, to, to be a part of the ministry team and just see yeah. what happens with them. One of them that, that you trained one year, um, she was just starting a new job sh- shortly after that. And uh, somebody in, in one, of the, one of the introductory sessions that she had where she was learning her job, all of a sudden, somebody collapsed, and she just ran up and laid hands on him and started speaking in tongues and rebuking the spirit of death. And, and apparently, there was one other believer in the room who knew to get up there and go and help her out, and, and it probably saved that lady's life. And, yeah. and that yeah. also kind of uh, lit her up in the eyes of her superiors as somebody who knows how to step up in a crisis situation, and it, it really helped to put her forward in her job in, as, as the days went on. So it's pretty exciting to see what happens. Isn't that, ama- isn't that amazing? Yeah. We were in, did you, did you go in the big church with us in uh, Cusco? No, we haven't been I to Cusco. Remember if you guys you. were there, you haven't been to Cusco. No. There's a church there. It's very similar to Brother Abar, the big barn thing. And this one seats about three or 4,000, something like that. Called Levin, the vine. And been there many times. And, and, I don't always have enough workers there, but anyway, I didn't have many with us that time, just a few, but I, there's kids from ministry down in the valley, like the kids there at, at the convention. And so I took them up with me. They were their late teens. And in the middle of all this, there is, uh, the altar's big, and so there's a lot of people in the altar when we start working. And um, one of these uh, young men, he he loved the Lord, but he'd never really prayed like this. Somewhere, a mother brought to him about an 18-year-old boy who was born without eardrums and the auditory machinery mm. to hear. It just wasn't in his head. Wow. And, um, you know, he could read lips and, you know, all of this. And uh, <laughs> that kid reached over, put his hands on the boy's ears. I was standing near him when it happened. And uh, said, in the name of Jesus, in el nombre de Jesus. And the, the music was pretty loud in there at that moment. Well, this boy had never heard anything. Wow. And all at once, all this noise of the worship and so on. And uh, I remember that the boy had prayed his name is Lucas. When he realizes what's happening, that this boy's been healed. And, of course, he now has to watch and match up lip reading with the sounds he's hearing. And he's learning to talk, and we watch a little of this. And Luca looks at that boy, holds his own hands up, and looks at his own hands like, my God. (laughs) 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 And then you could see the fire in his eye, and he ran off to go pray for everybody to stand still. (laughs) Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love and it. And he's a he's actually in Germany today in Stuttgart, Germany, but he's a leader in the in the church that he's in there. Every leader starts <laughs> every leader starts out as a child. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. have to keep an eye out for these children. Even in our convention we also have special time uh, special teaching for the children and teaching them how to operate in the things of the spirit, teaching them how to, oh, yeah. um, how to prophesy and how to pray for people and, yeah. and they're seeing, seeing minis, uh, miracles yeah. and even the little ones. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm talking five years old, five year olds, yeah. 10 year olds, uh, and, and then they get up into their teens and you train them. And, and, and you know, we're seeing people being raised up into ministry uh, from, the, from their childhood. They're, yeah. uh, it, it's yeah. fun to see the next generations. You know, we started out in this ministry under Sister Gwen Shaw, and, and the word of the Lord to her was that she was raised up of God to call out the end time handmaidens. And that grew from being End Time Handmaidens Incorporated to being End Time Handmaidens and Servants International. And then the children got in the swing of things. And, and you know, we've just had years and years, decades, really, of anointed outpouring ministries. And then the Lord began to speak to us that it was time to have a shift and focus on the outpouring. And that's why we changed our name from End Time Handmaidens to, or End Time Handmaidens and Servants to, global outpouring and um we're it's because we can foresee that god is about to do something extremely remarkable um well it reminds me of of when the children of israel were getting ready to go into the promised land and god spoke to joshua and said let the ark go ahead of you and he gave the distance about the length of two football fields you know, about 200, 200 yards, 200 meters, something like that, mm-hmm. in, in that vicinity. And and the word of the Lord to him was, because you've never gone this way before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have to follow the arc of his presence where you've never gone before, and you just follow. And the, the stories that you're telling us are the kind of stories that are expressing following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Mark, for being with us today. And yes, amen. We are just grateful, and I'm sure this isn't going to be the last time that we do this. <laughs> thank you. You know, God's training us. He's equipping us. He's He's getting us ready for the next thing that He's going to do in this great global outpouring. Absolutely. Amen. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platforms suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us via email, get a link to our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel where we stream live every week. You can also browse our online bookstore for life-changing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving, fiery, passionate presence.